Guys of a Certain Age is brought to you by no one. Absolutely no one, except these dudes walking down memory lane. Now let's head to the studio to see what they misremember next. And we're back from four to two. It's guys of a certain age. Robbie Koblenz in studio alongside uh, Jay Reed. Yeah, I was doing the math in my head. I got kind of just you forgot our, our, our four to two. We did four to have two. four. We had four here, moment. and there's still glasses left, and the extra microphone. The it's whole as night. if we were coming back. It was as if we were coming back. Had a great time with Tracy last week, didn't you? I did. It was a great episode. I think one of our best, perhaps. And uh, enjoyed lunch afterwards, and we just found all the people we knew in common and it was just kind of crazy and uh thanks tracy griffin for showing up and hanging out and being seen in public with us there you go that's the big one right there yeah restaurant tyler nor no less and they didn't have barbecue okra which for my money is one of the best appetizers in the state of mississippi agreed so it was a little sad but you know i can't recommend tyler enough if only Ty would pay us to say that instead of us doing it out of the <laughs> kindness of our hearts. So, uh, Art's on assignment or off assignment or somewhere. We really don't know where he's at. He working, just, maybe, maybe probably working, working in a meeting. Since he's he's the guy who's got probably the the most. Um, no, you've got a real job. I mean, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, we you call it a real job. Yeah, yes. yours is a real job. Mine, eh, not so much so. Mine's just more. I think you have multiple real jobs. That's maybe the... And they all merge together into this one continuum of work and despair. Continuum so, of con- chaos. Continuum of chaos. That's it. All right. Let's jump into some Geeks of the Week. I, since Art is not here, I'm going to take the number one position. Okay. So. Um, did you ever see 28 Days Later, the Danny Boyle movie that came out, oh gosh, 15 years ago? about it was probably the first it was the first modern zombie movie that uh, that dropped do you remember it i don't think i think the only 28 days i remember wasn't there a sandra bullock movie called 28 days yeah there was, was something like something that. very different well the and i've talked about 28 days later which is um there's a lot of um influence upon the walking dead so it was a movie that danny boyle directed produced i think he may have written uh it was kind of shot guerrilla style in london you may remember me talking about well i'll talk about that in a second just to set up this guy he's a bike messenger in london he gets hit by a car ends up in icu and in a coma for 28 days he wakes up in his hospital bed Stop if you've heard this before, Walking Dead fans. And he realizes that uh, there's nobody around. And so he's just stunned. He takes the IV out. He's feeling good. You know, he seems to have recovered. And a zombie apocalypse has hit London. And so he makes his way through. Except the zombies are a little bit different. They're more like uh, rabia-infested people who run fast and feast upon human flesh and is that uh, different from normal zombies well normal zombies if you remember if you look at the walking dead they're usually which sl- i haven't <laughs> well zombies traditionally have been slow lumbering gotcha. okay. uh, yeah, 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 yeah and like their legs are decrepit they can't go up steps so uh uh, the uh, zombie survival guide highly recommended uh, sheltering in a place with stairs okay. because zombies can't go up steps. That wasn't the case for 28 Days Later. Okay, it was shot on a on mini DV, kind of a shoestring budget. And one of the uh, one of the fun stories I've heard, I don't know how true it is or not, but uh, they didn't have money for permits to shut down filming in downtown London, so they were really doing this guerrilla style. So what they did, they uh, supposedly hired. Uh, strippers 
to go down three or four blocks from where they were shooting and had them perform, which stopped all traffic. <laughs> and they got the shots with Celia Murphy. This was his first major role of any sort. Okay, so he was the guy in the bed. He was okay. the guy in the bed 28 days later who woke up. And um, so they got him looking on these desolate streets of London on a Sunday morning where there's very little traffic anyway, and there was definitely no traffic. So um, it was a popular, popular movie. It was well made. Um, a lot of things were implied, kind of maybe the spiritual successor to the Blair Witch Project um, in the shoestring budget. And uh, Christopher Eccleston was in it. That was one of his first roles. This was before he was Doctor Who, before he was in Thor, before he was in anything else. And this was Celia Murphy's first piece. Of course, Celia Murphy, you know, Mr. Oppenheimer himself, who just won the Golden Globe for his performance in a dramatic movie, probably is going to win the Oscar for it, who did an amazing job as Robert Oppenheimer. This was his initial foray into film Danny Boyle who directed uh, Slumdog Millionaire okay. won the Oscar for it very very well known director anyway gets to my geek of the week they had a 28 weeks later sequel which didn't have any of those people involved mm-hmm. now there there is talk of a 28 years later oh. sequel and uh, Sony has won the rights to the movie and uh, there is a suggestion, not suggestion, there's an additional nugget if I could read. Celia Murphy, who was in the original, uh, will executive produce the sequel, which means he's got his name attached, maybe a little bit of money and some involvement in the story, and he may star in it. So if Celia Murphy comes in into a 28 years later, if they can get, you know, I doubt Danny Boyle would direct. Um, well, I, 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 well, obviously, I can't read very well. Danny Boyle is attached as a director, okay. so you've got you've got an Oscar-winning director, probably going to have an Oscar-winning lead. Twenty-eight years later, could be a pretty interesting movie. Huh. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I would I would watch some the others. It, zombies, not <laughs> well. Twenty-eight days later is is. It's a great, great little flick. And it's not that gross. Every, again, they had such a low budget. They right. couldn't do All a whole effects. lot as far as effects and, and bloody gore makeup. It's more psychological than anything now, else. Was it 28 years ago from now? Or is it just that's the most logical next sequel? Well, it's the most logical next sequel. But I think it was 22 years ago is when it, uh, okay. when it came out. So by out. the time they get it done, it might be 28. It might be 28, <laughs> but it's pretty close. Okay. It's pretty close. Yeah. So, so Murphy would... would actually age appropriately and uh, so yeah yeah cool but i'm i'm i i scanned through 28 weeks later and it was like eh, okay it was a cash grab and i wasn't a big fan of it i love the the gritty realism of the original okay and uh, so i would hope that they would kind of take that approach danny boyle was not in direct he did not direct the sequel so with him coming in oh, okay on the the final installment mm-hmm. so but you had no idea a lot like the walking dead when it initially hit you had no idea where the virus came from what caused the apocalypse you had no idea how far it spread and um, so anyway it sounds more like last of us as far as how the zombies 
behave. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Because obviously they could get upstairs and yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in in twenty eight days later is kind of acknowledged as the birth of the modern zombie esque movement that hmm. you've seen with Last of Us, um, obviously The Walking right, Dead, right. and all its spinoffs and a few other things. So. Okay. Yeah, well, that's my geek of the week. That was almost eight minutes of zombies. Eight minutes. <laughs> well, I'm going to turn it back around to DC uh, for my geek. Uh, announced this week, the DC Universe has added Millie Alcock as the new Supergirl. It didn't say specifically what movie she well, might be in. I think she's going to appear in Superman Legacy. Okay, yeah, well, I didn't dig deep into it. I just saw it on Geek Facts, just more or less saw the headline. Some of us who that was going to be their original Geek of the Week, but decided to allow someone else to take it. <laughs> if you did research, then please yeah. share I, what you know. I believe she's going to appear in Superman Legacy. Okay. So. I I was looking at the picture. Of course, this is just a mock-up, I'm sure, but um, couple things I thought about. Number one, this is Millie Alcock, and I'm going to butcher this name. She was in House of the Dragons, was Rhaenyra Targaryen. Oh, very good. She was the young young Young, Rhaenyra Targaryen. She did an amazing job. And I loved her in that. I did like her in that. And I think it's interesting that so many actors now are just kind of bouncing back and forth from geek world to geek world. So she's moved from the House of the Dragon uh, I'm, I'm Blanking on the original series that started that. Um, she was not in the original. No, but what was the original? Uh, Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones, right? <laughs> Couldn't think of it. Okay, so Game of Thrones is a world, and then you've got um, you know DC, a world, Marvel, Star Trek, Star Wars, all that stuff. Uh, it's interesting how people bounce around, so I'll be curious to see how she you know, lives in this world. Um, you know who I credit with that? Was that? Uh, Robert Downey Jr. No doubt. no doubt. Yeah, he proved that an A-list star, even though Iron Man was a rebound, and we've talked about that quite mm-hmm. a bit here, but he can prove that uh, it can be financially lucrative, as mm-hmm. we talked about with Tom Holland's misguided bonus right, check right. last week. But uh, you're it's it's more popular, and you're not as typecast. Yeah, and well, I was going to say to ride on that, he he also proved that he could bounce back out of that world too. I mean, he did super job in Oppenheimer and I'm sure other things that I'm forgetting but um, <laughs> but that's the most recent thing I've seen him in so yeah. he, he bounced into the superhero world and bounced right back out seamlessly I, I will tell you I did watch parts of Tropic Thunder uh, uh, well and, there's that and Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder I'm just a dude playing a dude trying to be a dude just amazing <laughs> right. just amazing so so, uh, so I think that's an interesting component of this I will say that I really liked the other Supergirl that was in... Oh, uh, Benoit? Um, Melissa Benoit? No, 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 no. Well, oh, I like oh, her. oh, oh, in, in The Flash. Benoist, I liked her too, but the one that was in The Flash, I really liked. But I do think that Millie kind of looks more like what I expect Supergirl yeah. to look like from the comics and from yeah. previous shows. And so I don't have a problem with it. But I was like, oh, this other, I like, I like the dark-haired girl. I can't remember her name, and I'm I sorry. Either. But so, I thought she was great. So, so we'll see how it goes. So uh, she is, um, the, the Supergirl standalone movie is called Woman of Tomorrow. And so okay. that's been announced. I think maybe, is Gunn writing that? I can't remember. He seems to be writing everything, so probably. He is. He's got a little Aaron Sorkin disease. Yeah, of course. Well, I'll write it. I'll, I'll direct it. Why not? I mean, yeah. 
Because if you recall, when we talked about the West Wing, everybody knows how much I love the West Wing. Aaron Sorkin basically wrote every episode of the first four seasons, mm. and he burned out. And so I'm hoping we're not going to see James Gunn burning Burn out. out. So, um, but well, He probably has a vision and wants to see that vision happen, but that is a typical way in, in any profession to burn out is to think that you've got all the uh, smarts and you have to do it right or it's not going to happen right. So that that it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. That's never happened on this podcast. Probably not. No, no. none of us are smart enough to think we're smart enough. So you want to jump into your regrettable, smart enough? Jay's regrettable segment this week from uh, (laughs) the league of regrettable superheroes. This might be granted. This is only our third one, but I, so far this might be my favorite. His His favorite of three of three. Yes. I'm showing Robbie the uh, picture. This is, let me see the picture. This guy's called the bouncer, the bouncer. Oh my goodness. He has a skirt on. It's a toga. He has a skirt on. It's a purple toga. It does. The the cover does say your favorite pinup, which is rather odd, but this guy had his own series. He was created in about 1944, uh, Fox Features, created by Robert. I'm going to butcher these names too. So Robert and I uh, can't see the light. Lewis, Robert Nider or Knier and Lewis. Anyway, for the record, he has his own special light for this. I do, and I, it's not close enough to my book. But uh, okay, so the bouncer, his name comes from the fact that he basically bounces. He has some special connection with the earth, and his special connection with the earth comes from Greek mythology. In Greek mythology, his name was. Antaeus, who wrestled Hercules, and I did a quick little background study on Antaeus, and he he had as long as he he wrestled anybody, he would challenge people to wrestle him as they came along. Did you wrestle Hulk Hogan? I not I don't think so. Well, maybe in the comics, but not not in uh, Greek mythology. But he wrestled a lot of people. He would kill them, and he took their skulls and built a temple or some such nonsense. But he that all was fine as long as he was touching the earth. There was no way he could lose. Well, Hercules came along, Uh-oh. decided to wrestle him, and Hercules figured out what was going on, held him above the earth, and basically crushed him in a bear hug. So all was fine until Hercules came along. So fast forward to, well, 1944, I guess, and a descendant of Antius, uh, his name is Adam Antius Jr. <laughs> so, yeah, I know, that, I didn't, that was not lost to me. Adam Antius Um is an artist. He was a collegiate athlete. He had a uh, ability to bounce, so he was great at high jump and that sort of thing. Um, so he, but he basically got out of that, decided to become a sculptor, and he has a sculpture of his ancestor, Antius, somewhere nearby. Um, and there's a, let's see, John Man. Okay, he's got a friend named John Manley, who's an attorney who is being attacked by a criminal named the glow worm. And without warning, uh, the the sculpture basically comes to life. And so Antius, AKA the bouncer and his descendant, Adam Antius (laughs) are basically the, uh, superhero team. I don't know who's the sidekick and who's the, you know, wow. Wow. But, um, it's That's it's great. fun. I mean, it's kind of a fun deal. They um, because the sculptor his his outfit costume is his sculpture outfit. So he's got a a paint splattered coat. He's got a beret. You know, looks like a typical uh, stereotypical. He's not his picture's not in here, but stereotypical artist picture. Then that's how they. Bounce so as long as he can bounce, he's he's good. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, 
That's uh, a lot of fun. It is. And of course, he he's in uh, Antia still wears his purple toga all all through the uh, Here, hold, hold that up so I can see that toga a little bit more because I, I s- put it in the light this time. Again. That, it, I mean, that look, that's not a toga. That's a skirt. Well, it doesn't look like the togas that were, you know. From Animal House. Exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. it does not. But I hear, and okay, here's the cool thing about this comic that maybe sets it apart as a comic. Uh, youngsters, and that's the word they use, were asked to send in photos and descriptions of themselves, of course, with parental consent. Of course. Um, they sent that into the comic, and every issue, two or every month, two entries were chosen to join the adventure. So they would, they'd have their photo and their description, and they would write in these kids oh, that's as fun. a part of the adventure. So, I mean, that's pretty cool i mean yeah that definitely would keep people interested because you'd keep writing and keep buying to see if you were the next kid to be a part of the adventure but obviously it didn't work i don't know when you look up when you google it there are far more like covers than some of the well the two previous that we've talked about so i think he had a little bit longer life than some but obviously not long enough but i think that would be fun i'm i'm he got bounced i would vote (laughs) very good very good I would vote that this would be not regrettable just because of the, the gimmick of the, uh, the including the, kids and the taking the helpless innocent and using them and uh, exploiting them for, for your own commercial capitalism. Gain. Yep, for sure. Yeah, capitalism, yay. So, yeah, but well, I, you know, what do you think? Gre- oh, yeah, regrettable yeah, that's, regrettable? yeah, just for the uh, the beret and the toga. I mean, <laughs> right. you know, that that gets the uh, not regrettable going. The so. toga that's not a toga. The toga's not a toga. Speaking of Greeks. Have you, do you still have Disney Plus? I don't have. Oh, one. yeah. Do. Or, have you watched Percy Jackson yet? No, I haven't. No. I would highly recommend it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've, I think I, there was some movies, right? Before. There was a movie. I saw the movie, so but yeah. I have not seen the series. Yeah. So uh, we read the books, got them, the boys had them. Oh, yeah. right. Jacob, had them. Jacob read all that. Yeah, yeah. They're great. They're great. Great series. They did a great job. Um, a lot of fun. Okay. So, and um, even if you hadn't read the books, would it be enjoyable? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, they did a great job. And it's not just young adult kid. I mean, it looked like there was a quite a cast of of younger oh, yeah, kids. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, like uh, Lance Reddick's in it. Um, you know who Lance Reddick is? I know the name, but I can't picture it. I'll pull up a photo. He was, he's been in a lot of things. One you of the know. old, are you saying he's one of the kids? No, 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 no. Uh, Lance Reddick is in the movie. I don't know the kids. That's Lance Reddick as a point. Okay, I did see him in the preview when I was watching Echo. I it, saw it, you know, as a plastic up. Yeah, and this is his last role, so they don't, they dedicated the last episode to him. He oh, died wow. uh, last year. It was a... I'm sure we it, did a... We did a... Geek of the obituary. Yeah, so he was... Lance Reddick was great. Uh, I got to know him. Oh, got to know him. Yeah, <laughs> wow. So I became a big fan when I watched Fringe. Okay. He was in Fringe, and he was in Percy Jack- Jackson. Maybe, I can't remember. He's just done a ton of stuff. Um, he was in The Wire. He was in John Wick. Um, anyway, yeah, he was great. So, okay. But uh, he's cool. got a great role in in the finale. I've always liked him, so yeah. I, I might watch an yeah. episode or two just to see him. But uh, there, did you watch Lost in Space on Netflix? A few. So the dad in Lost in Space is in it. Okay. Um, and there's a few other folks you'd recognize. But uh, the three kids are all newbies. They okay. do a great job. It's much, much better than the movie. Okay. So 
uh, I would highly recommend that you watch it and we can review it at some point. But the uh, series finale just dropped this last week. Okay. How many episodes? Eight. Okay. Normal. 30 to 45 minutes each. So, all right. We've gone way over. We're going to come back and discuss Echo up next. And we're artless, but we're back. We're going to discuss Echo, which is just finished up a few weeks ago, a week and a half ago or so. Something like that. That's they the, all dropped at the same time, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I finished watching it a few weeks ago. It dropped in early January, five episodes, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, picks up with a character that was introduced in Hawkeye. Right. Um, so, Jay, you watched it. Give me the setup. You yeah, watched it more recently. It. Yeah, I just finished it last night. I probably watched most of it within the last couple of weeks. To me, Echo was set apart in a good way for several reasons. One, just five episodes. I mean, I, I could have enjoyed more, but it was a, a hope. It was a great introduction. I hope we will see more of this character and this kind of storyline. But I thought it was well, you know, it wasn't too much. wasn't, you know, it didn't leave me hanging, wanting, you know, thinking they had left something out. Uh, so a good length. Um, it was... You know, my first the first word that came to my mind was dark, but I decided I didn't like the word dark. It was darker than Miss Marvel for sure, but it was almost more somber. So it, it's it's really is kind of the um, the bridge to from the Netflix Daredevil Defender series to the modern MCU. Okay. Uh, did you watch Netflix? I mean, watch Netflix. You've watched Netflix. Did you watch uh, Daredevil? I didn't finish the whole series but i did watch a good bit of it and and loved it i just hadn't got around to finish yeah um so um aliqua cox aliqua cox easy for you to say yeah who was the star she was maya lopez so she appeared in hawkeye and she is uh wilson fisk aka kingpin it's he claims her as his niece even though there's no blood relation and um, so she ends up turning on um, Kingpin in the final episode of Hawkeye mm-hmm. and shoots him in the eye. And that's where it leaves off. Shoot on. my eye out. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, kid. And Red, uh, Red Rider. Yeah. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. You'll shoot the Kingpin's eye out, kid. And uh, so it picks left up, him for dead. Basically. And left him for dead. So it picks up um, kind of right before that happens. You've got to roll back into Hawkeye where you you see some flashbacks. You see her fighting um, the Ronin, who was Hawkeye's alter ego during the blip mm. between... Um, oh, right, right, right. Between... Yeah. Um, um, Infinity War and Endgame. That was a cool little scene. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, that was great. Then she stages off against Daredevil. and That, that was w- also fun. That was new stuff. And basically, she proves herself to Kingpin that she can handle herself from a fighting standpoint. So um, she is deaf, right. which she is deaf in real life. The actress. Oh, who, really? I didn't know that. She's deaf in real life. She's Native American descent in real life in this series tackles some native american issues which i think is really cool and then she's also handicapped she is missing her right i think it's her right leg you see where she's so the actress actually is yes that's not cgi yeah that's not cgi wow so so she learns to fight she holds her own against daredevil uh kingpin who was close with her father is already 
um, kind of brought him, her into his life, decided she could be one of his top lieutenants. She realizes Kingpin, and spoiler, spoilers, yeah. killed her father. You saw that in Hawkeye. So she gets her revenge, and then she leaves town. And she's dead bent upon getting revenge on Kingpin. And that's kind of the whole story. Yeah, she doesn't leave. She didn't just leave New York. She goes back to, I believe it's Tamaha, Oklahoma. That's right. Where her family was, and they have mixed feelings about her being back. I think I guess they kind of know... What she's up to, to a certain degree, but she's distanced herself from them for like 20 years. Our best friend, Bonnie, and, you know, I guess, uh, what's his name? Uh, Henry kind of been back. He left her. Uh, Supposedly, we found that out in the last episode, but it is, I really enjoyed the Native American aspect of this. Not just the the way that they wove into the story, but the fact that, you know, they, that, a, a major character in a major TV series had that background. And from, like, then they showed, like, from the first Choctaw. Yeah. And how that connects. And that's sort of her, I mean, she's a natural fighter, but she does have the quote-unquote superpower that pops in every now and then that kind of generates from her uh, being a descendant of the first Choctaw. And that comes through her maternal line. So her... Um, her maternal grandmother's still alive. Her mom dies mm-hmm. um, early on. You see that in the series. And her dad was heavily involved with Kingpin. Her grandparents on her mom's side did not approve of their daughter's marriage mm-hmm. to her dad, setting up the family strife. Once the mom dies, they move to New York to be closer to her dad's job, which was you know Crime, Inc. with mm-hmm. Kingpin. And so she, like you said, has been estranged and she comes back. Um, I find, I, I was fascinated by the Choctaw aspect. My grandmother was partial Choctaw. So okay. I've got a little bit of Choctaw through through the maternal side. And obviously we have a lot of Choctaw Indians in and around mm-hmm. uh, the reservation in Philadelphia is, you know, an hour yeah. from here. Um, I remember as a kid going to Moundville, Alabama on a field trip to see the Choctaw Indian Mounds, okay. uh, which is really cool. And they do a callback to that. I was going to ask you, is that where that... I think it, it's... Because it just says Alabama. On I the, think it's implied. Okay. You know? Um, is there a mound that big there? I haven't been Yeah, to well, I thought it was huge when I was a little kid. Moundville, <laughs> Alabama, which is... Uh, between Meridian and Tuscaloosa, um, but yeah, pretty fascinating. And so you had that call back, and uh, like you like you talked about, her powers comes from that original Choctaw who left the earth, rose to the to the to the surface, and and mothered the race, uh-huh. and had those fighting abilities. And you see some callbacks through the years as those powers are passed down, and kind of end up. Not unlike uh, Ray at the end of uh, the Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. where you hear all the Jedi um, sending their good thoughts to her as she okay. defeats Palpatine um, in the finale, as she as as Echo goes against right uh, all the the, the sort of force ghosts of all yeah. those women yeah. standing next to her. It was really cool. Yeah, and the, the fact that she had um, there was a I can't remember the let's see if I can find the character's name the one who wanted to be one of the light horsemen. I think her name was Tuklo. Tuklo was the character's name. And she kind of saved the day, came in. Her dad said, no, it's for women to give life, men to take life. And she ends up saving the day anyway. 
but it is an interesting seat because you've got all these things that fit naturally and look great and, and just make the story though. But it shows that the women are sort of the matriarch of Choctaw yeah. life rather than the men, even though the men have kind of taken over some of the, the power positions. Yeah. However you want to word that. But, but I, I, another thing I thought was really unique about echo maybe compared to the majority of your superheroes is she didn't start off a good guy. I yeah. mean, when, I mean, when she was a kid, of course she was nice, but even they, even in that last couple episodes, they show, you know, Kingpin kind of beats up this ice cream vendor because he made fun of Maya when she comes along. When she was a girl. When she was a little girl, like seven or eight. And he he thought she would be upset by it. Well, she just comes in and kicks the guy. Yeah. And they walk off hand in hand, and he smiles and knows he's got something special there in his head. Yeah. So and the, the, the whole almost like a prodigal granddaughter kind of a thing, yeah. you look at from Chula's perspective, the grandmother, is that she's gone off. She's turned bad because of the influences of the world. But then she comes back and becomes, you know, gets back on the good side. So she's got a history. Yeah. Her history, she killed a lot of people. And so you've got that, but but she's going to be a good guy now. Yeah. So I think that's. Morally morally ambiguous, mm-hmm. so shall we say, you yeah. know. And this gets back to what I was saying about it. You know, what do you, what do you call it? Dark or somber or whatever. Maya rarely smiles. Yeah. In any episode yeah as a child when she's playing with bonnie yes and there's a couple of other almost smiles like at the very end when she comes back and and is hanging with family and um but you know it's 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 not a happy show no um but i didn't walk away thinking i need to go watch uh melissa was talking about the other night we watched something i can't remember what it was but it was a very dark show and lauren was like we need to watch Donald Duck now because <laughs> it was too dark. So I didn't feel like I had to do that after watching this, but it was definitely a a step out. And I think we talked about a week or two ago how, and it's a Marvel spotlight picture. That's right. And whether or not that has anything to do with it, I th- obviously it does, but I don't know what we have to look forward to from spotlight. Um, I, I think it's going to be set apart. I think with the spotlight series, they're trying to do standalone that you don't have to have the burden of the entire, of seeing every Marvel movie ever uh-huh. to understand. And so that's why you had the Ronin piece in there. You had the daredevil piece to set her up. Um, so I think that's what they're trying to do with spotlight. I love Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. Yeah. He did an amazing job. He's just an incredible actor. I can't imagine anybody else playing that role. Yeah. And um, there's a stinger at the end of the last episode where he's defeated and he decides to run for mayor of New York. I wondered if that was coming next. So I I believe he does that in the comic books. And he, he, he rises, he's mayor of New York, which will set him in opposition to daredevil and then there's been talk of he would be the next big bad for tom holland spider-man okay because uh you know they all inhabit new york city Mm -hmm. and so he's larger than life crook in in city hall and so um there's speculation that spider-man 4 would involve that daredevil born again is probably going to have some undercurrents. Mm-hmm. You'll have John Berthenthal, I think I pronounced his name right, back mm-hmm. as Punisher. Okay. Which will have some elements there. So 
Daredevil Born Again, I'm really looking forward to because to me, this was a great transition from the Netflix Marvel series to the Disney MCU and what they're doing there. Um, it's it's such a better series than Secret Invasion. I oh, mean, gosh. so much better. Yes, on, agreed. On, on every level, the acting, the writing, the directing, the story. Um, you know, I, I may have enjoyed it more than Loki too, um, but... To me, you know, you watch Hawkeye, then you jump jump into this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm 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 really I I recommend it highly. Do you recommend it? I Absolutely mean? recommend it. And I I agree with you about Kingpin and Vincent D'Onofrio. He, you know, I don't know that much about the original character in the comics, but from what I've seen, I can't imagine a better portrayal, a better jump yeah. from page to screen than he has done. Yeah, because he just sort of embodies the character and. Um, I don't know that may be a, a given, but it just yeah. it just seems he seems a natural for this role. He seems so larger than life, and uh, in every way, I mean, yeah. literally too. Yeah. I mean, he's a, I don't know how big he is normally, but he, I mean, he's he's a he's a Hulk. Yeah, yeah, but he's a kingpin, and he's not he's a, a Hulk. Kingpin, so, yeah. and he's vulnerable. I mean, obviously, we he he can be hurt. Yeah. Um. Well, and emotionally can, as well as physically, and we we saw that in the Daredevil series too. So if you recall. You know, he had his, his opened up with his female companion, you know, so, um, right. Yeah. Right. But yeah, it's just, man, it's fascinating. Yeah. Definitely recommend. Uh, and again, I, I would definitely watch if there was more coming, but I didn't feel like, okay, well, there's a, there was an opening for something, you know, whether or not that scene was for Spider-Man yeah. or for something else, something's coming that involves that, but. I, I wonder if Maya is going to be recruited into the Young Avengers, hmm. which I think would be great. Or into, um, is she going to go into uh, Thunderbolts? Which okay. there's been talk of, you know, there's been changes in Thunderbolts. Somebody else right. just dropped out. Uh, there's already been a replacement in that, I saw. Yeah. Um, who who dropped yeah. out? And I, Is she uh, a part of either group in the comics? I don't recall. I don't know. Um, Where's Art when we need him? Yeah. I'm gonna butcher butcher her name. She. Um, I'm gonna let you do it because I know what you're Io talking about. Io Edibria, uh-huh. who was in, she played Sydney in the Bear. Uh-huh. Uh, phenomenal in the Bear. Maybe my favorite character in the Bear on Hulu. Um, she was attached to Thunderbolts, and because of the writer strike, she's had to drop out because of timing. So okay. Yeah, she Wait. won the Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actress. Okay, so. and that reminds me the. Girl who played Bonnie in Echo, yeah, also was the voice. I'm probably butchering this name. Was the voice of Kahori in one of the second season of What If? Oh, okay. What If? Which I have not watched yet. Haven't watched it yet. But either. supposedly she's in that as another, like I think it's a Mohawk character. Oh, cool. So it's another Native American character, but um, something in the What If? So that's something that I'm interested in watching because I liked her. I thought she was yeah. great in this too. So. I watched the first episode of What If season two, and that's it. So, um, couple couple questions for you. Did you like having them all available? I mean, you watched them later on, so you didn't have to wait for them to yeah. queue up. But did you? I I enjoyed having them immediately available. Yeah, especially yeah. the shorter episodes. Yeah, I don't I mean it doesn't upset me when they drop on week by week. It gives you something to look forward to. But on a short season like that, I like the fact that I could could have. I like to see it. I didn't. But I could have just sat down and binged and, and watched. And they weren't 
there was quite a range of time in yeah. the episodes too. Thirty six minutes was I think it was the last one up to almost fifty and yeah. more in some of them. So I mean that's neither here nor there. But yeah, I was I'm fine with that. One of the things I've also noticed with recent streaming shows, um, I just what I just finished Percy Jackson. Just talked about that. But there is a tendency now for streaming shows to write to breaks. So you're going to have a five to seven minute segment, and then you're going to cut to black for two seconds, like an old commercial break. Mm. And it gives some dramatic pause. Um, I find that fascinating in streaming shows because obviously everybody's going to an ad platform, an ad supported platform, Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus. Um, everybody's got an ad supported platform now so it's a natural place to drop in ads okay. but also just watching straight through it does give you a little bit of a of a, of a pause to kind of okay catch your breath after that previous segment so um you know when it, well, well we can talk about that next week but uh I forgot a geek that i thought was pretty fascinating like that that involves netflix so but okay. anyway back to echo you recommend absolutely um, um uh, get what gives i give it the guy what, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we coming Give it the, thumbs the up? guy. Yeah. Two guys. How I'm, about hats off? Hats off. We'll do it. The guy's hats off because Jay yeah. always wears a hat and the rest of us don't, but that's okay. We'll let Jay own this one. So, all right. Great. Uh, thanks for joining us. Hopefully we'll see you next time around.